Okay, if you're on social media, you have seen influencers in all of their glory. This has become a career path, an aspiration for so many people to try to be an influencer. There is big money in being an influencer if you're really successful at it. And there's a lot of money that companies are willing to shell out to influencers to get them to talk about their products. Welcome back. It's 436. This is Chelsea on Chad. Glad to have you here, Chad Nation. We're talking a little bit about influencers, but we're talking about the other side of influencing, which is called de-influencing, this trend moving towards a little bit more authenticity and transparency online. What is that? Our guest is going to explain it all to us. He's a lecturer at the Ted Rogers School of Retail Management at Toronto Metropolitan University, Omar Fares. Omar, thanks so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Chelsea, thanks for having me. So uh, before we define de-influencing and this growing trend, what it means for social media, let's talk a little bit about influencers. If someone is not super active on social media, they might have an idea of what this is. Can you help define what being an influencer is all about? Sure. So an influencer is someone, in very simple terms, who influences, Mm -hmm. uh, usually have um, a big-ish following base. So we're talking... For micro-influencers, at least 1,000 and over, but typically we see over 10,000 follower base. At this stage, you're defined as a micro-influencer, which means you get offers from companies to promote products, and you get paid if people purchase the products. Okay, so influencing is probably something that we have all seen, um, maybe even taken part in in some way or, or another. There's big money in this, right, Omar? There's not exactly a, oh. a black and white framework of how much money you're going to get per follower count, but you can make a living doing this, right? Oh, this is a full-on career now. Let, let me kind of give you an idea. It's a market that's the influencer market value. Uh, recent data shows it's over six. Billion USD. It's a huge market value for influencers. And people now have full. I, I know a few people have actually careers in influencing, and that's a pathway on its own. So, definitely a huge market there. Absolutely. So, now we're seeing this trend sort of on the other side of it, which is de influencing. So, what exactly is that? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so the idea, well, influencing, and it's been, by the way, the business model has been working just fine for years and years. Um, I say in the past decade, the whole influencing idea, get paid, push a product forward, and, you know, people will buy. Now, the reverse side of it, consumers are smarter with the financial stresses, the economical stresses we're seeing, the whole bit. There's this new idea of saying, well, wait a second, let's take a pause. It's influencing through saying to people, well, listen, maybe stop or discourage people from buying an overpriced product or maybe an ineffective product just because you got paid to do it, right? So it's the opposite side. It's influencing in the opposite direction. And a lot of people are taking a liking on this. You know, it's that I think the hashtag got over seven, uh, 730 million views on TikTok. So it's, um, you know, people are talking about it. People are liking that new, I guess, authenticity uh, push, if you will. So where's the money then in de-influencing? Or does it just work completely differently? Because I, I have a hard time imagining that a company is going to pay someone to talk negatively about their product. No, sure, and that's a very good point. Now, there's a lot of sides into this, and there's a lot of interplay, uh, but I'm going to kind of give the ideal scenario, utopia, if you will, okay? Um, So, ideally, 
a company would work with an influencer to say, well, listen, come advertise this particular product, but not for a purpose of deriving purchase. If it actually makes sense for the consumer follower, for the follower base you have, right? Now, what a lot of cases tend to happen is you would see someone talking about finance and giving financial advice, but advertising for a shampoo, right? That mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense or you don't understand the product. It doesn't fit or like maybe a luxury shampoo or something. It doesn't fit the, the base of your follower. So I guess the push is towards, well, listen, still get paid, make a career out of this. That's not the key problem here, but make it relevant, make it needs-based given your follower base, mm. right? So that's the general idea. We're not saying, you know, take out um, the whole model for getting paid, but rather make it actually fit with your follower base. That's, um, I guess, the argument. So you could be an influencer that's getting paid and got some brand deals in the works and then be sprinkling in some de-influencing content just to maintain a little bit of that authenticity. So, hey, you're not always promoting products. You're also being really transparent and honest with your followers, which I would imagine would be something pretty refreshing to see. Yes. And, you know, and that's the general idea is say, you know what, I'm not going to endorse products or support products that I don't see uh, being a good fit, that is not honest to my values Mm. and what I stand for. It sounds utopian, but this is a refreshing trend. You know, we're seeing something to say, well, no, even if I get a sponsorship offer, I am not going to take it even if it's going to reward me financially because this will take away from the authentic voice. There is one downside to this, though, and I can talk about it uh, a little bit further. Mm-hmm. It's the pseudo-authenticity or non-real authenticity. Okay. Right? So one of the things that are kind of already happening is the idea of, you know, hey, I'm authentic, but in reality, you're still getting sponsored. Maybe it's not the best fit. Uh, so there is some downsides to the whole authenticity thing because it's many people, for many people, it may not be the true case. So that's kind of, an, I guess, a warning sign or a red flag. Hey, people, be careful. It's interesting to me that this is something we're we're seeing now more on social media, but not altogether surprising because I think now we've really, we as you talk about this being, I think you said a $16 billion industry, we've seen influencing at play. And anybody that's using social media has really had a lot of products advertised to them by people that they follow that claim to be influencers. And so it seems that there's sort of this, this paradigm shift now in terms of what people are willing to accept on social media and and what they're not anymore. Do, do you feel like this is kind of part of a larger shift in values? Oh, absolutely. So let me tell you, so my colleagues and I at uh, Toronto Metropolitan, we've done um, a scientific research paper on this, and we've tracked the changes in values from 2011 to 2021 online. So we tracked it on YouTube. We looked over 400,000 YouTube comments as a mundane task. But what we slowly uh, found is there is that change of value from the idea of consumerism. I want everything. I want the newest thing. Um, I don't care the impact of what I do or what I purchase. And more recently, we found, well, hey, how does these products get made? Who puts in the effort? Is it sustainable? Uh, Are we just buying products for the sake of buying products? So we've noticed that clear distinction uh, from like in the past decade up to now, there's that movement. Our values have changed as consumers. So absolutely, yes.
So I'm wondering what other changes or what other shifts we're about to see on social media as we look more for authenticity. Uh, is this going to be the end of influencing or at least a, a significant shift in the way that we see it presented to us? Omar, I have a few more questions for you. I want to get to those and a couple more, but we do have to take a very short break. So we'll come right back yeah. into this conversation talking about this de-influencing trend. What does that mean on social media and what does it mean for the future of social media? Our guest is Alexa at the Ted Rogers School of Retail Management at Toronto Metropolitan University. Omar Ferris, we'll be right back with him in three. We're talking about de-influencing this new trend that is growing on social media. It all has to do with being authentic and creating a little bit of transparency and honesty with your followers by being real about a product that you don't like. So you de-influence by talking honestly about something that's not working for you that your followers shouldn't buy. Our guest uh, speaking about this is a lecturer at the Ted Rogers School of Retail Management at Toronto Metropolitan University, Omar Fares. Omar, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Chesley. So I'm curious, Omar, when we're talking about de-influencing being a trend on social media, what does this mean for businesses? Because they spend a lot of money on influencers and on social media marketing. So where should they put their dollars now? You know, it's interesting. Um, One of the key reasons businesses um, do uh, contact and work with influencers is to derive. So they actually ask businesses, there is a one of the interviews, we ask marketers, why do you work with influencers? The top reason is to derive purchases, right? Well, here's how this translates to influencers. Influencers, in turn, will go and push, push, push as much as they can, mm-hmm. right? Now, what the next step, I think, would look like is a disruption in this traditional model, meaning instead of the main reason being, well, hey, push, 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 no. How about we build awareness, right? Uh, So I view the next stages of the influencer market is to shift from let's push a product forward to let's build awareness campaigns. You consumer make your own decisions because now consumers are smart. They're reading right through it. And they know if you're pushing a product, it actually may cause a reverse effect Mm. where People will avoid that product because they don't think it's authentic or genuine. So I think the next stage will be, how do you, as a business, work with influencers to say, well, push as much authentic image as you can. Don't push for sales. Push for knowledge. Educate people about product or service. Mm. So I think that's kind of the, the next shift. Yeah, because oftentimes businesses will have really strict parameters on the things that they allow you to say and post yeah. on social media because it all has to be part of this larger campaign. So are, are businesses getting on board with this? De-influencing might be working for, for users, but are businesses actually seeking this this out yet? So there is a great example. It's called, uh, I, uh, I don't know if you've seen one of their ads. It's uh, Ryanair. Um, and that's a company, an example of a company mm-hmm. who's actually... Um, went around and did, we were very honest, they do kind of almost comedy skits as a form of advertisement and they tackle negative comments, etc. in this format. So there are some businesses who are picking up and interestingly enough, their sales have absolutely picked up, right? So the idea is, well, yes, some businesses will, will stick with the traditional model, but I foresee over the long term, more and more businesses will shift to say, well, yeah, consumers are not buying this anymore. And we need to understand there is a shift in having true and honest voices, especially now when we're talking about 
conversational bots like ChatGPT, etc., yeah. that is generating a lot of ads, one needs to step back and say, well, consumers are a little bit tired, mm-hmm. right? They want to hear honest voices. Yeah, it lends to that idea of not everything needs to be polished and curated. It can be a little bit honest and it can be a little bit gritty and maybe not always this perfect review that many people likely aren't buying in the first place. What do you think overall this is going to mean for social media moving forward, Omar? So a few things. Um, One, it's a very refreshing movement as conceptually as it starts. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see more honest voices. Now, it comes with some downfalls we're going to talk about in a second, but in general, more honesty, more raw, um, I guess, material, and more awareness campaigns. So I don't think the traditional model of pushing products will work for a long time. We're going to be seeing a lot more of, um, I guess, more awareness and, hey, let me tell you about this, and this is my true experience, some positives and some negatives. That's one. What I think as a downside we might see is oversharing, uh, which means, well, some people try to be very honest, where it kind of crosses the boundary of personal (laughs) and private information. So it can cross that in some cases. Uh, We might see um, the idea of kind of pseudo uh, authenticity, which is, you know, not very true form of authenticity. It's like trying to be very real. But at the same time, well, you know, you're not real. So it's kind of like it goes in a kind of a a circular logic, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So we might see some of that. It's kind of the fake honesty, if you will. Um, So in general, though, as a trend, I think the benefits outweigh the costs, the possible, I guess, harms, if it kind of goes in the right direction. It's always changing and always interesting to see what's working and uh, and what's not. Omar, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. Of course. As Omar Fair is talking about the de-influencing trend, a little bit more honesty on social media. And yeah, there's definitely a fine balance between being really authentic and then totally oversharing. And I'm sure we've seen all seen posts like that.